0: to All The Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host for the week, Trisha Brown, and this is episode number 380.5. It is late September. Somehow we are a week away from October. And all month long, I have been seeing all of the telltale signs of kids returning to school. Uh, some of you have been probably seeing it for a lot longer. It happens a little bit later here where I am in the Northwest because summer didn't really start till the end of July... Anyway, it's been a very long time since I've needed to pack a backpack for the first day of school, but I still admittedly wander the school supply aisles at Target, just looking at all the different colors of folders and at the pencil sharpeners, and then thinking about how nice it is that people still have pencil sharpeners, because I don't know when the last time I saw someone using a pencil was. And honestly, would I buy a Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper right the second if one were available to me? Yes, of course I would. Those things were amazing on more levels than I have time to describe to you today. And honestly, the thing about back to school season that always makes me kind of most nostalgic, the thing that that I tend to think about this time of year, is the books that I read as a kid. I can still picture all of my favorite corners of my elementary school library. And if you are listening to this podcast, I am guessing that might be true for you as well. And it always kind of bums me out that picture books have not been claimed as, you know, like, okay, or acceptable for adult readers in the same way that YA and even middle grade books have. So as school libraries reopen for a new year, maybe it is time to change that. And we'll talk more about it right after we thank our All the Backlist sponsor.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by A Tempest of Tea by Hafsa Faisal. So, Arthi Casimir is a criminal mastermind and collector of secrets. Her prestigious tea room transforms into an illegal bloodhouse by night, because obviously it does. It caters to the vampire's fear by society, but when her establishment is threatened, she has to make a deal with an alluring adversary. So, Arthy hatches a plan to infiltrate the sinister, glittering vampire society known as the Ethereum, but not everyone in her ragtag crew is on her side. And as the truth behind the heist unfolds, Arthi finds herself in the midst of a conspiracy that will threaten the world as she knows it. So this is the highly anticipated next project from the author of We Hunt the Flame. It's got a fierce female lead. The story is fun and fast paced while also exploring significant themes like colonialism, prejudice, betrayal, and self-acceptance. I mean, it's got vampires and heists. Make sure to check it out, get into it. And thanks again to A Tempest of Tea by Hafsa Faisal for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Entangled Publishing's Red Tower Books, publisher of the smash hit Fourth Wing. So this book I'm about to tell you about might be the next Book Talk, Darling. It's a high-octane fantasy adventure filled with risk, romance, action, and sweet vengeance. In it, there are five liars who have five agendas, but only one target. So in Five Broken Blades from author Mae Corlin, the five most dangerous liars in the land have been mysteriously summoned to work together for a single objective, which is to kill the cruel God King June. Each has tasted bitterness, from the hired hitman seeking atonement, to the lovely assassin dreaming of freedom, to even the prince exiled for his own crimes. This is a high stakes game of treachery where the vengeance is sweet, the secrets are delicious, and each page deepens a journey that will keep you guessing until the very end. This also has themes of friendship, found family, you got a little bit of everything in this. Make sure to check out Five Broken Blades and thanks again to Entangled Publishing's Red Tower Books, publisher of the smash hit Fourth Wing for sponsoring this
0: episode. Welcome back. I'm guessing most of you listening to this are grownups and in the spirit of back to school season, I'm going to talk with you today about a few picture books that have stories and messages that are just as applicable to adults as they are to kids. If you are a person who dreams of having a home library, or maybe you've already got one, whether it's its own room or just a collection of shelves and boxes all over your apartment like me, those are the kinds of books, or these are the kinds of books that you're going to want to have, I think, as a part of your library to illustrate for everyone that your reading tastes are well-rounded and also to remind you and anyone else perusing your books that picture books are genuinely an incredible mechanism for storytelling. I'm gonna start with the oldest book in the bunch I've got today, which is 1984's Wilfred Gordon MacDonald Partridge by Mem Fox and illustrated by Julie Vivas. The titular character, Wilfred, is a small boy who wasn't very old either, as the story goes, and he lives near a home that has several elderly residents. He's friends with many of the residents, but Wilfred Gordon MacDonald Partridge's favorite of his neighbors is Miss Nancy Allison Delacourt Cooper, because she has four names, just like he does. When Wilfred hears his parents say that Miss Nancy is starting to lose her memories, he starts to try to understand what a memory is. And he's told things like, it's something from long ago, or it's something that makes you laugh. So Wilfred puts together a collection of things that he thinks will help Miss Nancy get some of her memories back. And let's just say I defy you to get through the last third of the book without getting a little misty eyed. Honestly, the book captures the way that adults talk in guarded and veiled ways to children because they don't think that kids are old enough to understand something as complex as memory. But Wilfred, in his own interpretation of what he's being told, understands clearly enough to demonstrate a really deep kindness and to connect with Miss Nancy in a way that someone who was older might not be able to do. Another book that can teach any one of us about communication and connection is Drawn Together by Minle and illustrated by Dan Santat. Full disclosure, Min is a friend and a former Book Riot contributor, but I am far from the only person to think that this book is worthy of your attention and your collection. It was on all kinds of best of lists in 2018, and it was awarded the APALA Asian Pacific American Award for Literature that year, so it's kind of a big deal. But in case you haven't come across it, the communication gap in Drawn Together is more stark than in the book I just talked about, in part because the generational difference is compounded by a language barrier. So as the book opens, we see a young boy being dropped off at his grandfather's house for an afternoon. And in addition to not being able to get on the same page in terms of food or TV, the two are quite literally not speaking the same language. They stumble upon art as a way that they can connect. And throughout the rest of the book, they wordlessly manage to create a world that fits just the two of them. It's a story that captures the feeling that any one of us, no matter how old we are, get when we really connect with someone you new know, and the barriers between us and someone we love or care about genuinely fall down and our relationship develops a new dimension and the fact that art is such a major element of the story really allows Santat who's a Caldecott winner for his book The Adventures of Beagle*, to flex his muscle as an illustrator and create these absolutely gorgeous pictures which obviously end up being key to a story in which so much goes unsaid. Another book that would be worth having in your collection for the art alone is Dreamers by Juju Morales. But there are plenty of other reasons to pick up this incredible autobiographical picture book, which is about Morales' experience of migrating to the United States with her infant child in the 1990s. The book reads more like poetry than prose, and it is a beautiful rendering of how lost Morales felt when she first arrived in a new country, immersed in a culture and a language that she didn't understand and maybe most importantly, how the one place she finally felt at home was the library. In keeping with the theme of today's episode, unexpectedly, you know, she didn't know I was doing it, but Morales talks about how important picture books were for her as she learned to understand and live in a new world, and how that experience inspired her to become an author illustrator. Dreamers is available in English, but it's also available in Spanish as sonadores, and it is a perfect reminder of how a really great picture book can convey what an experience feels like with so much depth, as much depth as as many books that we consider, you know, more adult. And picture books generally only have 30 or 40 pages, and usually not more than one or 200 words to do it. The books that I've talked about so far are all absolutely beautiful, but they are all a little on the serious side, which is why I am going to close us out with one that conveys its message with a little more levity. You're probably going to be skeptical, but stick with me as I make what might sound like an outlandish statement. I have worked in U.S. social policy for more than a decade, and probably the best book or one of the best books I've ever read about organized labor is about a bunch of cows with a typewriter. That's right. Click Clack Moo, Cows that Type by Doreen Cronin and illustrated by Betsy Lewin is the perfect book for anyone trying to understand or explain the rights and power of workers. There may be some that I've read that are better or more in depth, but this one really gets the point across. It's a story about a bunch of cows with a typewriter. To be fair, it is unclear how they got the typewriter or who taught them how to type, but let's not worry about that at the moment. And the farmer at their farm, Farmer Brown, who is no relation to me, is annoyed that all he hears all day long is click-clack-moo from the cows. He gets even more annoyed when the cows use the typewriter to demand electric blankets because the barn is cold at night, Farmer Brown refuses, the cows go on strike, and we're off to the races. The book is funny, it's smart, it is worth having in your collection even if you don't anticipate needing a lesson in organized labor, because honestly, how fun is it going to be to explain to people why you own a book about typing cows? Pretty fun. I've done it. All right, we did some extra books today because they're short, but those are all that we have time for. Links to all the books I talked about are in the show notes. And a huge thanks again to our sponsor. Many, 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 many thanks as always to our wonderful magical audio editor, Jen Zink. And thanks, of course, to you for listening. For more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes, like I said, by either looking in your um, podcatcher or visiting bookriot.com slash all the books. Remember, if you are a fan of all the books and all the backlist... And you want to show some love, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We appreciate the review and also it helps other book lovers find us. If you want to find me, I am mostly on Instagram at Trisha Haley Brown. And in the meantime, and until we talk again, please take good care and happy reading.